2: In the fires of undersoil heating. Stronger than the steel of a stadium roof, their name is uttered in anguish and ecstasy. It's all about the football gods. All they can do is hope they're smiling on them. Never seen, never heard, but with ultimate power.
3: Their names are part of football folklore. They're often turned to in times of need. They can be a fan's last resort. But who are the football gods? In this weekly podcast, we offer the ultimate footballing role, Total Power. Over the beautiful game
4: I'm Tim Spears
3: And I'm Kate Mason
4: Uh, we'll be pondering The important questions Such as What moment are you Wiping from history Which flavour pie Would be considered The food of the gods And What are your football commandments
3: Given the power How would you Change football Here we go then everybody Episode 1
4: of The Football Gods Tim Kate How godly are you feeling Very Yeah, for people who don't know, which is everybody apart from us, this is (laughs) the the football gods. It's not just what do you love and hate about football, it's what would you do if you ran football, basically.
3: And also we're all powerful. You know, we've spoken to a few people already and some people have been a bit more like naughty suggestions. Some people have got some vibes they want to play out.
4: Yeah, I think people are going to really like how how our different guests are going to tackle this.
3: It's basically a development of a conversation that everybody has at some point. Uh, when watching football and when That's thinking it, about yeah. football, but
4: it's also tapping into that football nostalgia and that, and I guess how you fell in love with the game and, and what you love and hate about it and how and how that passion has evolved yeah. over many many years. So yeah, and who better to get on really for episode one than the number one goalkeeper? Certainly for me in UK, I think growing up, yes, for 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 England and also Arsenal and just a legendary figure, but also a legendary guy. He's just what a lovely man mr david seaman
3: yeah i can't wait for everyone to hear this episode he was just such a delight to talk to we got him back off his fishing trip um and he he didn't mind too much
4: no he's fine he was a bit sodden and a bit tired um, you know not just any old fishing trip for people who don't know David Overnight him, loves, loves wasn't fishing. but yeah he did <laughs> fishing overnight he'd uh, he'd dried Good. himself off and then sat down yeah. to talk to us about his uh, football heaven and hells he became a football god and it was brilliant he gave us some fantastic stories some of which I just was not expecting at all things about being miraculously healed while on England duty
3: I found the weirdest one his love of uh, Arsene Wenger's diet at, at Arsenal obviously it took Arsenal to greater heights but if I was choosing my footballing food of the gods, I probably would be choosing something a little less uh, painful than boiled fish. Yeah,
4: absolutely, yeah. And uh, and obviously he's got so much, so many good things about his career, some things I didn't know, certainly about the start of his career before Arsenal and the journey he went the long journey he went on even before he arrived at Arsenal.
3: Oh, you're going to really enjoy it. Here is David Seaman, Football God.
4: David, um, people associate you of course with Arsenal, um. But you're you you call yourself a Leeds fan? That's right, isn't it?
0: Yeah, always been a Leeds fan. Um, yeah, I started my career there. You know, as a 16 year old apprentice, um, I left school on a Friday and started at Leeds United on the Monday. That's how quick he changed round, you know. And so, after being there for three years, like seeing the club and then signing a pro contract, and then being released, I was I was devastated. You know, I never I never got to play with for the first team in the league played in a few friendlies um like my my pride and joy is so like the year that i left i was actually in the first team photo you know so there was me <laughs> and john luke with the two goalkeepers. you know how you see the goal is so that was me yeah. and john luke and then all the Leeds team and i've got it i've got it in black and white i've got it in color <laughs> <laughs> and it's like my, 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 one of my prized photographs I... you know that i'm actually in the first team photograph so it was uh you know, it was a great time, but then it turned into a really sad time.
4: Did you ever have a chance to go to go back to Leeds at any point in your oh, career? Loads. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Obviously, going back not not to play, but to go back well to play against them. You know, I went back. Oh, I meant, I meant as in as in the
4: opportunity to sign for
0: them again. No, 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 never. No, I went back and um, certainly proved them wrong.
4: You
0: know, when your <laughs> when when idol Gray tells you that you're not really good enough and you're not experienced enough. And you have to go down to fourth division, Peter, to start restart your career. There's there's a lot of motivation there of proving people wrong.
4: And <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in in your role as football god, the first question we ask is what's your like team of the gods? And by that, we sort of mean like what's the one era or season of of a team oh. that you either supported or played in. So mine would be Wolves 2017 eighteen under Nuno. That's my perfect season. As, uh, yeah, is there is there any that springs to mind either as a fan or I guess as a, as a player? Do you know I, I, straight away? I think of Leeds, you know, and the Leeds
0: team that that won. I think it was the FA Cup against. I think it was against Arsenal. Actually, I remember watching that as a kid. Um, I remember watching Leeds get beat by Sunderland as well. You know, and actually crying as a as a little boy watching it with my Leeds scarf around my neck in in my mum in the pub where my mum was working because it was three o'clock kickoff, so then the pubs would shut and then we'd be able to watch the football on the telly in the pub, you know, so...
3: so that'd be 72, is it? Am I, I'm yeah, not sure not Yeah, it's probably you, 71. Yeah, so you're like 10, something 10 something like that. 71, yeah.
4: 72, yeah. yeah. So the, the golden era Leeds team, basically. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, when they...
0: And that's, that's why I started supporting them. You know, I was born in 63, so, you know, I was, a, I was still a whippersnapper then. Still tall, but I was still a whippersnapper.
4: <laughs> 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 so what, what was it, what was so good about, about that team? I mean, there were so many still, they,
0: were all, they were hard. You know yeah. they used to play, you know, like what you call rough football. You know, there's people like Eddie Gray and Billy Bremner and Jackie Charlton. You know, like like some well-known, you know, Leeds players. Peter Lorimer, hotshot Lorimer, never forget him. You know, and but and it was weird because like I, I remember like all the all the players and even the goalkeeper. You know, like David Harvey. You know, so and even Gary Sprate before David Harvey. You know, so these the, but these were like the goalkeepers that. I couldn't really like associate with because I didn't. I was still I was still young and I didn't know that I was going to be a goalkeeper for you know forever. <laughs> you know, so it was strange <laughs> for me to like. And, there, and plus, Alex Stepney was very famously known for throwing one in the back of his own net, um where he actually he went to throw it out and changed his mind halfway and then scooped it back in. Um And David Harvey, I think David David Harvey was Scottish and he was a little bit a little bit smaller than me, you know. So the styles weren't quite. It didn't fit, but um, yeah, just just the hotshot Lorimer and Eddie Gray and Alan Clark and you know just lots of great players. And you know what? It was really cool as well. Is that when I became an apprentice? So this I'd be sixteen, um, I actually like got to see these players like preparing for games and things. And where we actually used to we used to clean their boots, and I used to clean the boots of, of like even like Brian Flynn. It was like this small, this really tiny little footballer. And I had to clean his boots, which was a great job course, he only had probably about five size, five, five feet. <laughs> <laughs> but we used to paint the stripes on their boots, you know, for the advertising for them. You know, so we would clean them and then we would actually paint the stripes. And then they go out on the field and you're like, oh, my God, and, you know, I've, I've cleaned these boots. And I used to do John Luke's boots. And yeah, so it was, yeah, good memories.
4: So did you, um, I remember Gordon Banks told me he used to go to watch Wolves to stand behind the goal to watch Burt Williams, just so he could sort of model him. Did you ever? were you specifically watching keepers sort of from a young age? Um, Not really, no, because I was, I remember going to about, my first ever game was, because I'm
0: from Rotherham, so my first ever game that I went to was, my dad took me to Rotherham versus Leeds United, obviously, because I was a Leeds fan, And, um, and I was that small. I couldn't see over the fence. It was like a concrete, like, Wall around the around the pitch, and I couldn't quite see over because I was too small. But there was this other there was another guy, and he was small. And he had this like wooden box, and he says, "Yeah, jump on here with me." And I was like, and I I got on the box, and I could like just see over the wall. And (laughs) (laughs) it was brilliant. (laughs) that was my first ever game. Um, But yeah, it was just just one of those things where I just Leeds were great at the time. So that's you know like there'll be a lot of new Man City fans now you know and back with man united and all that you know it goes in phases doesn't it when the kids join their clubs
3: so you were lanky as a kid you were saying so that was why you started off being put in goal is that what it was yeah
0: i was always tall and and i remember when so i was i used to go to a, a school called ferrum ferrum junior school in rotherham and um and i remember being in the playground so it must have been going from infant school to junior school and in the playground was a white line, and we weren't allowed to go across there, but that's where the big boys played football. You know, and I was always, like, looking and watching, and then when, obviously, I, I could go across, I went over, I said, oh, can I play? Can I join in? And they were like, Your tour, you're tall, you go going goal. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, then, so then I started, like, catching the ball and blocking it, but then I started getting praise from the big boys, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is great. So that's, that's where the love of being a goalkeeper came from.
3: That makes a lot of sense. And plus, it was yeah. your uh, your trade to be allowed to play with the big boys from the sounds yeah, of things.
0: exactly. Yeah.
3: OK, so we've got a sense of who the team of the gods would be for you so far. The next question, and this is a big one, you've got to think seriously about this one, David. It's what your first godly act would be on the moment that you were appointed a football god. So you can do anything it. to football
0: yeah straight away i changed the offside rule there we go <laughs> <laughs> God, how frustrating is it when it's that much offside it's like no i would do it totally what arson wenger says do it the way the, if, if the whole body is offside then it's offside so you know instead of like if, if you've just got like a, a toe that's on the line you know if it's if it's your heel and your whole body do you know what I mean? You know, so giving giving yeah. the benefit of the doubt back to the back to the strikers because we're seeing goals disallowed for like t- millimeters, and I, and um as much as I I, I hate goals because I was goalie, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would like to see. So I would definitely change that offside rule. I totally agree with Arsene Wenger when you know he says let's let's give the benefit of the of the doubt, which he always used to be, give it back to the strikers now.
4: So we're but looking said, for like a margin it- of error. Sorry, Kate.
3: Yeah, no, because yeah. I'm just thinking, yeah, I totally get that. And I agree with giving the advantage to the, the attackers. Yeah. But wouldn't it then happen, because of the way it is, that the line would then just be drawn somewhere else and you'd still be having goals yeah, you know, disallowed and, for yeah, but a margin?
0: Then, then you'd margin. think you would. Yeah, but the, the striker's fully offside. You know, he, he, <laughs> he should have held his... Not when he's just like tiny little bit of his shoulder or his knee that's just you know that's just crept just past the defender if you're fully off if you if you've got daylight between you and the last defender
4: offside fair enough yeah i feel i feel like we've forgotten what offside was invented for right (laughs) which was which was to stop stop, (laughs) stop just
0: standing in the six yard box for 90 minutes yeah Um, so that that would definitely be my first our first action as, as God or football God, because it
4: just frustrates the hell out of me. I think that would be well. So it's not
3: just about VAR here. This is not, you're not wiping out all of VAR? or no, would you no, lean no, no, towards I like that? VAR. i pro.
0: Yeah, I'm very pro VAR, um, you know, because we need to know when it's a goal. You know, we need to know when little fouls have gone on and and it's also cut out a lot of the, the bad tattles. You know, and then the sneaky retaliations that are done off the ball and things like that, you know, which back in my day was quite a, quite a regular occurrence. Um yeah, so I'm fully behind VAR, but I just I just wish they'd do something new with the offside rule.
3: So you don't miss the sneaky retaliations?
0: Mm, I not do really a
3: bit, don't you Because you're on about leads as well from the seventies. <laughs>
0: I played behind Tony Adams, Steve Bolden, Martin and Keon. And there was lots going on, let's say. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um were there any injustices in your career that VAR would have uh ruled out? No, but the, the the biggest one that comes to my mind straight
0: away is Lampard. Frank Lampard, when he when he scored that goal against Germany and that ball bounced like three foot behind the goal line, and it was like wait and it was way play on. Mm. Um you know, so that's that's the first thing that comes to to my mind as a as a massive injustice, Maradona handball. You know, the things like that—they're big times in English football. That Maradona one—I I actually saw that the other day again, and that was even more frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> even now, it still is You know, and I've what met the Maradona. You watch,
3: You're watching documentaries, or what was what was the? You're just watching it back to suffer. What? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I wouldn't
0: have be been doing that. I'd be watching fishing videos um, <laughs> if I had that much time. Um, no, I don't know. I can't remember what it was on. It was on something, and uh, and it just it re- just showed you the the Maradona goal. It was. I think it was like Sporting Grace or something, and it was showing it showed yeah. you his goal against England, which was brilliant. His his you know, his proper goal. But then he showed you the hand of god and i was like mm, that's when we needed var the big time
4: <laughs> did you play against maradona david yeah, Soccer Aid.
2: Right, okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it counts. <laughs> soccer Aid, at Old Trafford.
0: <laughs> and to be fair to him, he played all the game. I was well impressed. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've met him a couple of times at different events because I'm an ambassador for FIFA and UEFA, you know. So we, we did our pasty cross, but uh, he doesn't speak that much English, so it, it was it was tough. But yeah, played against him in, in Soccer Aid. <laughs> It, was there still it,
3: that sense of, like, magic to it? Were you still kind of a bit in awe? What was, what's the feeling um, of, can you talk to us about a soccer Raid generally?
0: Yeah, it was, it was because, because he was brilliant. You know, there's no doubt about it. And and the, and the the most frustrating thing about playing against him for soccer aid is that the ex-pro goalkeeper always plays the first half and then right. Jamie Thiexton went in for the second half. And England gave a penalty away and I was devastated Ooh. that I were not for it. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie let it in. Oh man <laughs> yeah. Were
3: you giving him pointers or you didn't have a chance?
0: No, I did have a chance, no, but um yeah, it was you know, I just remember I think oh my god, I wish that was me and I wish I could have saved it. Yeah. Never let never get sold. Never get sold no. saving a penalty. No. Especially against him.
4: <laughs> Moving on to our next question, conveniently from Maradona, because some people might say him for this answer. Who's like which one player embodies sort of football perfection for you? For me, I, I would say Ronaldo. Obviously
0: Portuguese Ronaldo. Um because he wasn't he wasn't gifted, a like like what Messi is. Do you know what I mean? He, he he had to work hard at his game. I remember so he he was when I signed for Man City in two thousand and three. He just signed for Man United, and we were in we were staying in the same hotel, and he was like this little little lad, you know, and he was skinny, and just didn't look like a footballer, and everybody was talking about him, and then obviously he went on to do what he's done, but. The, the fact that he's done it all around the world, you know, and and until Messi won the World Cup, I always said Ronaldo, because I always ask you on my podcast, when I get Arsenal fans on, I always say, right, you've got one choice, Henri or Burkham, and that really splits them down the line. <laughs> but then I, I also say, so Ronaldo or Messi, and I always chose Ronaldo, you know, just because of what he's done in the game and, and the different goals that he scores. You know, but then it's different with Messi because he's he's got all that trickery. He's got the free kicks. You know, but he doesn't. You, you hardly ever see him scoring a goal with his head. You know, so with Ronaldo, that's why you get. That's why I go for that side of him, and he, and he had to really work at his game as well. You know, and he still does, and he's still in great shape as well.
4: So, so when he when he came in, I remember it was two thousand and three four season. He had that little that little blonde hair thing dribbling down his forehead? Could, could Obviously, you could sort of see potential there, but could you see could you see greatness in those early days? I think, you, yeah.
0: Do you know what? When he, I remember when he first started playing for Man United and he was trying to do trick after trick yeah. after trick. You know, and, I, and I, even I, I obviously I wasn't a Man United fan, I was like screaming at the telly, like, just pass it! You know, and you could see that the other players were getting frustrated with him as well. But then... Fergie developed that and and coached into him what he needed to do for the team, but then he still had that individual brilliance. Um, Yeah, but um he's... Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't exactly give him steeple hairstyles, can I?
2: <laughs>
0: Not when I had that massive ponytail. <laughs> he wore a ponytail, was a ponytail, he was <laughs> a horsetail. You were the original, David. You, I know, uh, even you, you copied me. You launched all me. of these. Yeah, Beck's copied me and I'm well happy with that. <laughs>
3: it sounds like what you value then in Ronaldo, Portuguese Ronaldo, is the is his workman like behavior the way that he yeah. honed his craft to become um well I'm not going to say it. one of the greatest players of yeah. all time yeah. um so is that something that you that you've really valued throughout your football career with with players that you've played alongside of as well is that something that you really look back and think of is there one or two players that you'd think of when you're when you're considering those people who've really worked hard at the game
0: yeah and and straight away I think of people like Tony Adams and and the and the Arsenal back four you know because that was a really good defensive unit but it it didn't come through luck it was sheer hard work you know the amount of times that George Graham would make them train as a back four you know the hours that they put in it wasn't it wasn't by fluke at all they they knew because they trained that that much together and played that much together they knew which way each, each of them would go you know and if somebody pushed in the others would cover um, yeah, and so I do, I, I like I like that hard work. And then even with me, you know, with what I said to you before about getting released by Leeds, you know, I knew I had to work hard to get back up. I went, I went right down to fourth division, you know, which is like division two now. Um, and then having to work hard to get back up and and then start to realise what, what I could become, you know, and making it, you know, possible that dreams do come true.
3: So it sounds like that was a real, as it would in in any player's life, but it sounds like that was a moment that kind of lit something for you. And it could have gone one of two ways that when you were released from Leeds because yeah. that was crushing,
0: right? Oh, I'd, I'd straight away, I remember I got home and I was crying. You know, I was 90. I'd, and to be told that, I, I thought, so my mum and dad used to own a, a grocery shop and um and on a saturday out of the season i would be like the delivery boy i'd go to the baker's and i'd help deliver the bread and you know and I used to get paid and it was like a fiver for the day and it was like that was like good money by then <laughs> and that's why that's what i thought i was going to become you know i was thinking well if i'm not good enough to be a footballer now what what else am i going to do you know and it was you know about 10 or i think ten ten 10 days later something like that we got a call from one of the um one of the ex coaches at leeds who got the manager's job at peterborough i found out I'd been released and that's you know a guy called martin wilkinson and that's where it all restarted but um yeah it's just that when you get news like that it's like well what do you do you know do you try and do you get better or do you sink or swim
2: Sports fans putting their trust in my dieselclaim.com. Cloud sponsors of the football gods.
3: There must have been other moments, not not perhaps as crushing, but can you think of other times in your career where you felt like this could go one of two ways?
0: Yeah, obviously like straight away you think of mistakes. You know, I think of like when Naeem scored the goal from in the in the cup final. Um, when Ronaldo Ronaldo scored um, in the World Cup, you know, and and I've just watched the Beckham um, documentary, you know, and all the stick that he was getting, you know, but literally, I'm I'm on the pitch after Ronaldo scored, looking at the clock, thinking there's 30 minutes left. Come on, lads, get me out of this. Because if it stays at two one, do I get treated the same as what Bex did in '98 when I get back on to England? You know, so those thoughts go through your head. Even when you're playing, you know. Wow. So there's, there's, you know. So that's like. So then, what happened? Luckily, when I got home, because I played, I, believe it or not, I'd had a really good game in, in that game <laughs> up until that moment. Um Oof. And then when I got back, you know, the the England fans started shouting my name, and I was like, it was like honestly, it was such a relief. Um, and it yeah, you know, it, it it was mixed. You know, there's a there's certainly a lot of Tottenham fans that were quite enjoying the moment, but um. You know, it was it was just one of those things. And it's then, so then what happens? Do you react? You know, the next season we won the FA Cup and I was captain. You know, so I've, I've got a lot of positive memories as well as, as a couple of bad
4: ones. Those sort of eight years you spent sort of building your way back up after being released from Leeds through Peterborough and then Blues and then QPR. How different a player would you have been if, say, you'd made it at Leeds and gone straight to the first team you, would your career have been very different, do you think? Or did those sort of eight years wor- working your way back up sort of make you the, the man and the player that you were?
0: I think the, the eight years that I got, or or the eight years experience that I got, built going coming up through the league. So it was fourth division. And then when I joined Birmingham, they were in the second division. Then we got promoted in my first season. So, you know, that then it went straight. I went into the first division with Birmingham, but then we got relegated. But straight away, I got sold to QPR. You know, so that experience for me was vital, especially at 19 joining Peterborough and playing against men and realizing that Peterborough, has, they've got a good fan base, you know, and, and realizing that this means a lot to a lot of people, match day. You know, when you have come from like Leeds Reserves, you know, Leeds Youth Team and then playing a few times for Leeds Reserves, you, you don't get those sort of crowds where it, do you know what I mean? Because all every, all the focus is towards the first team. As soon as I joined Peterborough, I realised that this is like this is real. This is serious, you know. So then, so I had to learn. I just learned. I just just learnt by playing. And, and I always say to because I'm still involved at Arsenal with the, coaching some of the young goalkeepers. Um, and I always say to them, play. You need to play. You need to be. You need to make decisions in games all the time. It's not the same as training. You've got to try and play, even if you have to go out on alone
3: wise words um this one we've gone in one direction up to the football heavens that where we're putting Cristiano Ronaldo in your case. Yep. um we're now going in the opposite direction. Who would you uh relegate to hell so that you would you would damn them and uh, and lose them from from the footballing? pantheon if you could
0: uh Ronaldinho <laughs> and Naeem can follow him as well
3: <laughs> oh um, I thought that might be the case
0: perhaps. Yeah. um to be fair Naeem meant his shot Ronaldinho didn't but it's they still went in um yeah other than that there's not really you know there's characters in games isn't there you know as much as you don't like them sometimes they're still like real characters I can't put Ronaldinho in there because he was a brilliant player if I'm honest <laughs> you don't want to lose him <laughs> as much as yeah. I'd like to, obviously for personal
4: reasons <laughs> has, he, um, has he admitted that that he wasn't shooting then or is that just yeah well
0: I, I knew we saw so. Giberto Silva was playing in the game against us and he was playing at Arsenal at the time and he told me after the game he went he didn't mean it <laughs> so I was like don't matter he's still he went in. <laughs> yeah, he certainly celebrated like he meant it as well. Oh, no, yeah, a bit, a bit like Mudry on on Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like he just that oh shot. shot oh yeah, of course you meant it. <laughs> he never even looked up.
3: <laughs> yeah, so true. I guess that's the thing with. I mean, the kind of battle that you, the the psychological battle that you're having with with people throughout a game of football as a goalkeeper. And then sometimes just to be, it almost feels, that feels unfair, right? Is what you're saying about that? that Yeah.
0: It's like deflections. It's, you know, deflections are the worst ever, you know, because they can really mess with your head, even if it's like the slightest deflection. Because as soon as you you see the ball struck, your body reacts to that first movement. And then when it gets a little deflection, you know, we try and work on it in training with putting like all these obstacles and like in front of the players and uh, in front of the goalkeepers. You know, so if it gets, you know, like to try and keep a, a calm head. You know, so then where you can react a little bit. Um, but it really, you know, they're are ones that like really mess with your head, and it looks so bad sometimes because he's like, oh, it's only took a little deflection. He should have saved it, but honestly, the focus is so much on that first ball, it's really hard to react.
4: So did we settle on sending Naeem to hell? There was that the uh, I mean he is Spurs as well, so I, I uh, think no. you know, yeah, you
0: know, <laughs> there's a lot of you know I, I get more stick from Spurs fans, you know they always mention that more than they do Ronaldinho, you know, so it's um, yeah you know, because they even brought out a fanzine straight after it called One Flew Over Siemens Head. <laughs>
2: It's just it went, cruel.
0: Uh, no, and I was like, you know, I said, "You lot have celebrated that like he's, he's like one of your own," because like you don't get to celebrate, do you, as Spurs fans? You know, so I've got no, all we that. don't. We <laughs> don't, yeah, David. We don't yeah. ask.
2: Oh,
0: well. <laughs> I saw the face then; I knew she was going to say something. Yeah. So, like, when I'm, get, when I'm getting all this stick, I've got quite a few answers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: For sure, for sure, no problem. That's it, That's really cool that you're involved um, in the coaching side at Arsenal as well. I mean, is that something? Was that something you you spoke to them and said, "I wanna, I wanna be a part of this"? Or how did that come about?
0: So when I when I retired, well, actually before I retired, so when I left Arsenal, I just played as the as the cap. My last game for Arsenal was against Southampton in the cup final. We won it. I was captain, but I didn't know it was going to be my last game at the time. Because I was only on uh, like a year to year contract, which helped because yeah. I was 39 at the time. And, you know, whether the club wanted me or whether I wanted to carry on, that was, it was always renegotiated. Um, and then Arsene phoned me up after the um, the Southampton game and said, I've got an offer for you. And I was like, okay. He says, I want you to be my number three goalkeeper. I was like, whoa. And then he went, but I want you to be my goalkeeping coach. And I was like, oh, okay. This is something that I'm really interested in because Bob Wilson, my coach, like, was retiring um and then he went there's a 30 there's a 75 percent wage drop and i was like Ooh. that was like a deciding factory, If I'm honest, <laughs> because <laughs> i got you know i got other clubs after me i got man city i got a couple of others um and then that's why i went and did the, the my last year at man city but then coming back from that then i got asked to go to chelsea as a coach just after i'd retired and I wasn't ready to go back into football hours and be just a coach. You know, I wanted a yeah. little bit of time off. And then yeah. even even Harry, Harry Redknapp mentioned about me going, with him to be his goalkeeping coach but the main problem was he was at Tottenham <laughs> and I was like Listen. I was like any any other place Harry I'd have a real good think about this but I'm, <laughs> <right there." laughs> I'm, not, I'm not throwing 13 years at Arsenal down the drain just to become the goalie coach at Tottenham <laughs> and then I started to do my badges a bit and then back in, in the time then was you had to do your outfield coaching badge first before you were allowed to do your goalkeeping badge. And I was just like, oh, that just wound me up their own way. So then I stopped and then I got invited to go to Arsenal. And it, that it worked a little bit, this was quite a few years ago. And then it just got busy, you know, and I didn't have enough time. But like now I, I try and get at least once a week to Arsenal. Um, and I coach with the under-21s and the under-18s um and helping the goalkeeping coaches there you know so it's uh it's good because it's it's like it's on my time you know so i do it when i can and i enjoy it you know and even like last season at the end of last season you know there was guys there that weren't you know they're 18 years old that aren't going to get an, offered a contract by arsenal as goalkeepers and so then i'm there to say well you know look look at my story and they're like what you got released at 19 you know they don't know you know, so then I can give him a little bit of, of of advice, you know, and especially like because at the time you think it's all over, you know, like I did at nineteen. But you know, he can he can develop into whatever you want it to become.
4: And um, you mentioned that you w- that you wouldn't sign for. Okay. First, first Spurs yeah. as a goalkeeper. Is that because you know of, of your obviously you're extremely high standing amongst Arsenal fans, and so you wouldn't want would to jeopardise that, or do you actually just dislike Spurs because you've been at Arsenal?
0: So? No, it was just the Arsenal being Arsenal connection. <laughs> I don't. Mm, I said, yeah, but you know what? So I went on. I was on on the radio or something, and I said that if Tottenham are playing in Europe, I want Tottenham to win. And like, oh, oh my, my god! I know. No, yeah, I bet
3: you got hell for that.
0: Oh, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, that, that's that's the way you know. That's the way that I think you know. I, I want the British club to do better over the foreign club, and and I and that's what I said. I said even Tottenham, and they were like, anyway, yeah. But I still feel like that.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I feel as though that's more of a traditional approach. Actually, I, yeah. I think that's true. I think today people would say no, mm-hmm. and there's some particular clubs where
0: you know mm-hmm. that wouldn't be the case. But I think but then don't forget, I'm not an that is fan. more from your. Yeah, of course, good point. Do you know what I mean? You know, I'm a Leeds fan. So, you know, Arsenal's in my blood massively, but I'm a Leeds fan. And whenever I speak to Arsenal fans, they're like, no, Dave, no!
2: (laughs) (laughs) My Diesel Claim sponsors the football gods. Check if you are eligible for significant compensation for free at mydieselclaim.com.
3: It's fascinating what's going on with the Arsenal. Can I ask about that, it's the Arsenal goalkeeper situation at the moment? Because how would you have, you know, the David Rea, Aaron Ramsdale thing, like how would you how would you have managed that? What do you think about that?
0: It's, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough at the moment, you know, and it's tough on Aaron. Um, and, and David's finding it tough to adapt to playing at a B club, you know, because of all the attention that's on it and the pressure, you know, and it is another level, you know, from what he's used to at Brentford um i remember when i was at arsenal and Arsenal paid a lot of money for for richard Wright, and you know he came in as my number two and i was like whoa you know this is like serious competition but you know i showed him what i could do and you know but the but the manager at the time didn't say that i'm going to rotate the goalkeepers you know and and that's what michael has said you know that he's going to rotate the goalkeepers so now we're like we're looking and watching and thinking you know, David's having you know he's not having the best of times at the moment. You know, and he's he's making a couple of mistakes. Um, will Will he get rotated? You know, and, and if that happens, then Mikhail's true to his word. You know, but it's it's tough because Aaron's not done a lot wrong. You know, last year he was Player of the Year, the goalkeeper of the year that was voted for by the players. That's like one of the biggest awards that you could ever hope for. You know, in as in like getting in the the team of the season. Um, You know, and then started this season really well. Plays against Scotland, wins up in Scotland for England and then comes back and finds himself on the bench, you know. But Aaron's, I keep keep forgetting Aaron's age because he's Arsenal's number one and he's playing for England. So in my head, I'm like, he's 28, 30 because he's like so experienced, he looks so... But he's only 24, you know, so he's still got a long time to learn his trade and he's still learning but it's a tough time for him at the moment um um but we can just all we can do is wait and see and we'll see what happens because you know michael did say about you know even spoke about rotating them in game you know like bring the goalkeeper off and i was like really <laughs> you know so it's it, it's difficult and also it's difficult for me to to really not really but i've got to be careful because i go in and i see the lads you know, when I am I going and coach, you know, I I speak to Aaron, I speak I speak to David, you know, so I've, I can't be like one side. If you know what I mean? You know, I've got to be straight down the middle. You know, so it can get a little bit difficult sometimes.
4: Um If we go back to your role in David as as our football god, and you might have referenced one of these already, actually, but is the one moment you would banish from history? <laughs>
0: I've got a couple one I played in and one I didn't (laughs) yeah I definitely banished um, Maradona's hand of God for definite and then definitely not followed by Ronaldinho would go first by the way (laughs) (laughs) this fluky goal but um, yeah those are the two moments that are like you know obviously one really impacted my career and one really impacted my life as an England fan
4: you i mean you mentioned um the Ronaldinho goal. what what was the sort of the support like uh, after the game for you did, did you want to just be left alone and get on with it or were there players or coaches who who sort of
0: I, 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 I had Bob Wilson
4: as my mm. coach you know and
0: bob's he was my coach for fifteen yeah. years he has been my best man twice you know so has he? yeah you so you know and he's he's his wife's not very well at the moment, you know so you know, we, we we've still we still have a really good friendship um but um yeah so he's he was just proper you know he was a he was a great guy um you know so he, he was the, the guy that i always went to and spoke to you know and, and you know you say you'd like to be left on your own but you're not you're never left on your own because i had press camping outside my my house they were even having pizza delivered so they didn't have to move you know and the guys would come on the bikes and unload a load of pizzas and they'd just be sat on my lawn outside eating eating pizza waiting for me to come out of the house yeah you know so you're not you're never left alone but when you've got support like that and then obviously my my family my mum and dad you know you you just chat to the people that you know um and people that you trust
4: So, so what did you need to hear at that time? Because obviously you're so so experienced; you've done it all in the game at that point. But yeah,
0: you know, and I've just come off the back of winning the double for Arsenal as well. You know, and then you know, so the second double as well. As I always tell Bob, because Bob used to say, "I'm the only goalkeeper to have won the double at Arsenal," and then I've gone and do it twice. You know, so (laughs) you can imagine what my reply
2: is.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, so so you've got to take that into concert and think. Well, literally a month before, we were like on such a high. Then you go into the World Cup and you come out and you you're down there, but then it's how you react. You know we spoke about reacting after uh, earlier, and we won the we won the FA Cup the this year. You know, so it's you know it, it's tough. At the time, you you, you just don't you you don't want to speak to say you don't want to speak. You know, you speak to people that are close around you, but you just want to you want to get back into training. Mm-hmm. The, worst, the, the worst thing is, is you know I probably had about three weeks off before I could. You know, I was I was on holiday, you know, so it was tough. You know, sometimes you can make those mistakes and you're playing within three days and you can get rid of it. But, I, you know, I, just, I had to wait for the start of the season.
3: People talk a lot more about getting psychological support mm-hmm. for p- players in the modern game. Is this, that must be something you've seen working at Arsenal now, but, but generally back then, do you feel like there's, it could have, you could have been helped better?
0: Um... Not, not, not so much me help better, but there there were psychologists around. But it it was like that was at the start. Then, you know, there, I think now you know clubs employ people to to do this sort of you know to to help players. Um, whereas before it was you know you'd have a meeting and you'd be like, oh god, we've got the psychologist meeting. It's like, oh, surely he knows what I'm thinking or all that sort. of, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know that's that that yeah. was our reaction back then. But then obviously you learn, you know, and you became aware of the, it can help you. Um, you know, even, even, you know, even like um, Eileen Drury, you know, playing Hoddle's like faith healer. So as much stick yeah. as she gets, right. I, I was told before 98 World Cup that I needed a shoulder operation and I needed it. And I would not have got back in time to play in the World Cup. And Glenn at the time, he went, well, you said, w- what about seeing Eileen? I was like, Right oh, then, and I saw her. I saw her twice, right? And she all she did was like put her hands on my shoulder, on my head, and everything. And it was two sessions, and I never had the operation. And I played. Wow. And I so all I can tell you is like what happened to me, you know. And as I know, a lot of players like totally binned it off. You know, I know. I know a few players that, that did it as well um but yeah I've, I've never known anything like it it wasn't like a deep massage or anything like that on my on my shoulder but i do remember going home well going back to the hotel with england and falling asleep at six o'clock in the evening and waking up at eight o'clock the next day
4: it was just so strange but it worked that's amazing yeah um, I've got a bit of a cold at the moment. I feel like giving Eileen a
2: call. Just <laughs> you anything you can do, okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Blindly.
3: Oh, that is wicked. Um, we've got. We're now banishing more things from football. Uh, apart from that moment in history. So the next, the next question is, what would you banish from football? I know we we fixed the offside rule, really. Yeah. But um, what would you? Yeah, what would yeah you any, any, be any, any kind of anything, pet anything, peeves, anything you're really or... not a fan
0: of. Do you know what i get rid of? The fourth official. Oof, was not expecting okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, as in not getting rid of him, but don't let him be the. That's got to be the, more, the worst job ever of any official. <laughs> yeah. Like being yeah. shouted at by both managers all the time. You know, and, you, and then you're having to like, you know, and I know they know, that you're in contact with the ref so that's why they're trying to influence certain things but just being that fourth official I'm like no just like go somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) like don't be there for the managers to have a go at do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So you pop you pop in a
3: little box or something or yeah, like on a like or some of sort of um like a platform. Yeah. You could just like standing above, hover above the game.
0: Yeah, but then That's we're going to have to hold up the the substitution card thing. Just hold it down. <laughs>
3: you just told it so he's on a little platform high above yeah, and then you exactly. just hold yeah, the substitution card down or yeah. perhaps some sort of little drone maybe you know like or, yeah. or one of the, oh no I've got a better idea what about you know like the little car that brought the ball on in the World <laughs> yeah. Cup
0: yeah <laughs> oh, or where Arsene Wenger stood when he got sent off against Man United at that time do you see what was just, yeah. like, well, where he? was that's really good <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: so relocation of the fourth official you're not getting yeah. rid of them entirely no. they're just gonna go somewhere just, yeah. where I they just... can't get shots down. yeah what do you think about the the approach of managers the kind of what are we gonna call it histrionics on the sidelines oh. are, you, are you pro
0: no i'm totally against it i love and love i love the way that he does it you know, he just just stands there, doesn't you know? Just looks and doesn't really, you know. Now, Arsene Wenger was like that when he first came to the club. That changed a little bit, you know. And then obviously we saw Unai Emery was like way up there, you know, with his gesticulations and even even Mikel now. You know, sometimes I think that he's going to get tattled on the half, you know, on the touchline with how close he gets to it sometimes. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of managers that are going crazy on the touchline.
4: What um? What kind of manager would would you have been, David?
0: Would I? Yeah, I'd have been like Ange. You know, yeah, like watching and would looking. You? I do because he's got this like, it's not an arrogance. It's like a, it's a confidence about him. You know, yeah. and I think that's what that's what's transferring to the uh, to the Spurs players at the moment. Why they're doing uh, they're doing quite well.
4: Would you have, Would you have been suit or tracksuit?
0: I think suit. So. Yeah, nice yeah, I I quite, yeah. quite like looking smart.
4: I think yeah I think you've got to look different to the players haven't you
0: yeah I'm not like in the pep school where he's, he's took the smart casual to the casual side <laughs> well he's always good. got the
3: like branded stuff as well hasn't he no, no, you know you can carry it, it
0: off but, but sometimes it's a little bit yeah I'm like mm, I, I, you know because Arsene always wore a, a, a suit George Graham always wore a suit you know and we had yeah I just like that side of it you know and, you know even like now like the suits to games quite a fan of that for the players but a lot of them wear tracksuits now
3: so you'd be a bit you'd be a disciplinarian sounds like but so? yeah. yeah. not not yeah. massively
0: you know I always got told from George Graham remember who you are what you are and who you represent and you normally got told that when you were in trouble so <laughs> <laughs> brilliant
4: <laughs> um, right we're cracking through our list here some great answers so far um so next question, David. What is the food? What is the football food of the gods for oh. you? So this can be something I don't know. Might be your favourite pre-match meal or something you might sit and watch while you're watching a game at home. But what, what would you associate with football? No, food football wise?
0: food for the gods is Arsene Wenger. diet. got to be, you know, when he, nice. he came and he changed everything. So my pre-match meal used to be scrambled egg and no ham and cheese omelette and beans. Ian Wright, for instance, would have a fillet steak with a fried egg on top.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> right.
0: This
3: good. Wait, this is what he's allowed to have or not what this he's allowed, what, he's not allowed what to have? This is what we
0: used to have when... Uh, John oh, this, 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 oh. is, this is bad. Yeah, and, is then Arsene came, and then Arsene Oof. came and it was boiled fish, boiled veg, uh, boiled potatoes, and then it was like pasta... Like and then the tomato sauce that's like the tomatoes out of the tin, you know, like hardly and no spices in them or anything like that, and it was just boiled chicken, and it was just like so bland, but it worked, you know. And it was that there was a mound of it as well, you know. And we we would see the French lads that he brought in, like Vieira, Petit, and Elka. They were eating all this food, and we were like, they're never yeah. going to be able to run on that belly, you know. And they did, and they never stopped. And then all the lads got on eating. Yeah, so it would be yeah, you would be like chicken pasta, even even like a, a yogurt, but it was like a zero fat yogurt. Yeah.
4: So how so how That's long did exactly
2: it take? Mmm
4: the- <laughs> 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 Yummy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how how long how long did it take for you to really feel the feel the effects of that physically?
0: Um. Well, for me, it's different because. You know, I don't, I don't need the energy levels on a match day that the players have, um, you know, because I ain't going to burn, burn that off. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes like, you know, I, I had nothing to do. I'd be just like, it's almost like sunbathing. then. Um, <laughs> you know, but the, the lads, they would be like, they, they get to the point of exhaustion or get close to it a lot. But they found that by going on the diet that they had they had better, better energy levels later on in games
3: your brain yeah. burns up a lot of energy and so nervous energy that,
0: you, know, you yeah. know the nervous energy that people don't realise about is you know just like when you watch cup final you always just see players going down with cramp and everything you're like but they're like fit as anything and it's like oh yeah but it's the Wembley turf no it's not it's the, the nervous energy of thinking about what can go wrong before a cup final you know all that Oof. nervousness you know takes it out of you
4: so, did did the methods that Wenger brought in help help extend your career at the top level?
0: Massively, and yeah. and more so, you know, people like Tony Adams, um, Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterburn, Boldy, Martin Keon you know, and then the other players, you know, like your friend Katie Tom Campbell came over, and he was on, you know, he got straight on the diet, and you know, it was just it, it worked, even even to the point where, <laughs> so on England duty the 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 england doctor was also the arsenal doctor and so when we used to go to england we'd be on the same diet as what we were having at arsenal and like gary neville was like don't don't why they eating because like we're a team and everything and then he like looked over and <laughs> saw what we're eating and then he took that back to man united and you know so that's how it got passed around as to what we were what we were on you know and then people started getting on the 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 nutrition you know really getting serious about the nutritional side of, of football
3: well then the next question is an interesting i don't know if Arsene's going to be invited to this you are watching football as a football god mm-hmm. so you can have anybody it doesn't have to be someone who's still alive even but who is going to watch it with you who's your little crew to watch the football
0: sevi balesteros was my idol just you know oh, i never, well, I well, never well. met him but just loved the way that he he went about his business you know how he was fiery I was talented, you know, like really, really talented. You know, could hit play- hit golf shots that nobody else could, um, and just the way, you know, he always looked smart, and I just, I just like the way that he did. Um, Gaza comes to mind just, just for the entertainment factor. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, don't, but don't you want to watch the game in peace?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've watched enough games with Gaza. I remember. When, I'll tell you this story: when England qualified for 1990. I, mean, I, think it was, I think we played poland or something and anyway we, we we got the points or point that we needed and me and gaza were on the bench and and we were like little kids and we were like singing to each other we're going to the world cup we're going to the world cup <laughs> <laughs> you know so and oh, i've known man. i've known gaza i've known paul for a long time i've you know looked after him and done all sorts of stuff with him and uh, yeah, he's good entertainment.
4: He is Gaza, Gaza and Gaza Gaza and Seve. I'm, I'm not sure how, how how they'll get on really, but we'll see. It'd be interesting. <laughs> Quite different be, characters. Yeah. I don't think um, Seve
0: would have the tolerance that I have. <laughs>
3: I'm starting to think you're a closet Tottenham fan, by the way.
0: No, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I am sure. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, no yeah
3: that sounds like an amazing combination. Um,
4: so we've got um, we've got Wenger's Diet as the food we've got yep. Bat- Sevi and Gaza watching it with you what's what about um, a sort of a soundtrack to football song wise what's the sort of song Chaw. that comes to this? I guess this could be um uh, a song from the terraces or maybe a song that you yeah. were involved in pre-tournament or pre-cup final or just something that springs to mind as a well, as a soundtrack
0: straight away you think your football's coming on, don't you from Euro 96 mm. but it hasn't <laughs> 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 and that was that's since Euro 96 you know yeah, we're, like, we're, we're,
4: up to, we're up to 60 years of hurt now lads come on <laughs> yeah.
0: so you know that that is the the biggest song that I remember. You know having the best of times football wise with England. Um, that's that's the song that I remember the most. You know, this um, I remember recording the video for it, and we were thinking like, "What
2: football's <laughs> coming home?" <laughs>
0: you know, and we'd be dealing Skinner doing it. I'm like. Nobody's going to buy this, <laughs> but it just turned into this, this like anthem, and you know, trust me, when you when you you're on the pitch at Wembley and the England fans are singing that while you're winning, honestly, it, it don't get any better than that musically. Well, it was it was the anthem of the whole summer, wasn't it? People really, really yeah. got into it. Yeah, and it still is now, you know. Yeah, you know, it was okay, the, yeah, know, it was the anthem it. of
3: the Euros this time round. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Around. And, yeah. You know, like
0: now it's like frowned upon a little bit, in it, you know. What, yeah. do, do you,
3: have you got a theory about why it's so? um Why it became such an anthem? I mean, apart from obviously the, the football time. Round. Yeah, the time but,
0: that we had at, at that time, you know, where everything was like against us pre-tournament. You know, Gaza up to his normal antiques in Singapore and. You know, then the press being against us and then this song coming out that just, you know, just meant everything. And the fact that we played it before every game on the coach as we were arriving at Wembley, you know, just all these, like, memories that that went with it, you know, and coming out just even before game, even before the kickoff, you know, when you come out in your tracksuit to look at the pitch, like the whole of the old Wembley singing it.
4: Just amazing, amazing times. Did you have um you mentioned about playing music before games, did you have a sort of a routine of music you listened to before no. matches? No? No, I didn't. I just like to I just like to be like with my own thoughts.
0: Right. Um you know, so I wasn't no, I wasn't into the music. You know, like I always I was always happy when football's coming on went on the coach because I didn't want to break tradition or, you know what I mean? You know, I was like, get it on, get it on, we're nearly there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I didn't want to, like, break with that, like, superstition side of it as well. Um, so, no, I didn't really listen to music when, you know, to get me up for a game. It was just... Because, like, as a goalkeeper, you can't, you can't get too carried away. You know, you've got to be, uh-huh. like, really level. Yeah, yeah. Because... If you start looking for things as a goalkeeper that's when you can make more mistakes you know if you start wanting to go and go and get that cross or going you know try and make a say you've got to wait you've got to wait for it to come to you you know that's that's the art of a goalkeeper you know and you make a mistake you've got to wait for the ball to come to you to try and start rebuilding what you've just thrown away
3: we've got a last question before you get the chance to kick back uh, with your I guess on your throne or uh, some sort of cloud a number of clouds that you can perch on to watch down on the f- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can, yeah I definitely think you gosh you could you could really oh. instigate some good uh, like new fishing practices
0: exactly yeah. obviously with
3: the alarm you could just get an automatic like <laughs> uh, the fish would have to inform you before you
0: <laughs> get a bait that's you- at the fish
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> last one then and this is a question of which game you would like to make last forever
0: I would say the semi-final against Germany make it last forever until we scored a penalty of them <laughs> on penalties <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's that a is great the, like, answer that, is, that is a great answer yeah that I really wanted to change you know because we were like so close you know to yeah. to being you know like in in dreamland because you know everybody thought that we if we'd have got past Germany that was it we'd, we'd won it more or less but that's the most frustrating game you know so that's the game that I would have won the last until we actually won
4: the um the golden goal added such a different aspect which which people guess forget about now because golden goal didn't last too long no
0: and I'm glad they didn't either because that goalkeeper was was it the Czech goalkeeper wasn't it It, was it Czechoslovakia oh yeah in the final yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. he made a mistake Mm. for the goal he tried to catch it and he he got caught you know he, he should have pushed it away yeah. He tries to catch it, and he fumbled it, and he went in, and then that's it. It's like game over. You can't, you can't come back from that. Nothing. So you're like, boom. That's that's your last moment in a, in a European Cup final.
4: And of course we had the one, was it Anderton hit the post, and then if Gaza's foot is a few inches bigger, he's, yeah. he's oh, oh yeah, man. oh no.
0: no.
4: <laughs> and you want to make this last forever,
0: yeah, oh gosh. David? Yeah. Well, till we got, until we won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Then it'd be like, right, yeah, he's time's a up. football
3: god, so it's fine. It yeah, would be fine. Yeah, right. And I mean, we did, beat, we did beat Spain on penalties. It's not like we didn't know yeah, right. how,
2: to, how know. to do it. Yeah. So, if you did, play did, it for an infinite amount of again. time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
0: we near the German penalties. No, I did. There was one of them I actually touched. I got fingers on it. That was it. I was like, I was supposed to be good on penalties
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you picked the Germany game because I think the, the the two games which people remember you particularly for in that tournament obviously the Scotland game with the penalty save and then the, yeah. the Spain the Spain finals were they the sort of high, I the guess that whole summer really was the highlight of your Indian career the Korea, Scotland
0: game was my favourite yeah. out of Euro 96 um, you know because I'd we, we were under pressure we'd drawn with Switzerland and then we had Scotland to come you know and it was just big pressure um, you know and then to I had a save that i made from gordon jury you know they were they were great times and you know to be scotland like that in that way was really special
4: also you make this incredible penalty save and then how galling is it when you pick up the papers two days later and yeah. Uri Geller's claiming the credit for it? Oh. It's like,
2: oh,
0: come on, mate. I had Uri Geller on my podcast, right, because I wanted to ask him this no, did you? And I was like, where were you when Germany were taking the penalties? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
4: you tell him.
2: <laughs> Sign up and join millions of sports fans putting their trust in my dieselclaim.com. Proud sponsors of the football gods
4: right i think we should recap you have we, got your 10 com- your 10 commandments here david there's a lot there so uh, <laughs> there's, there's there's a lot going on so yeah um yes. your your glory team was uh Leeds early 70s yep. winning the FA Cup against Arsenal uh, your first godly act was is changing the offside rule that's very good one and football perfection is cristiano ronaldo yeah we're, do- we're we're getting rid of Naeem. He's going to hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we're banishing probably two moments from history: Maradona's hand right. of God right. and the Ronaldinho flute goal, which he didn't mean.
3: And our plan is for you to put the fourth official on a little pedestal so he's not you can't you can't, so have can't shout him. at
0: him all the time so <laughs>
3: so he can't be shouted at and maybe just better like managerial practices in terms of shouting yeah. some of which might be your godly food which is the arson wenger diet yeah. boiled fish chicken and, chicken and vegetables,
0: and <laughs> vegetables.
3: <laughs> you're watching football uh, from your cloud with and, and gaza yeah the song is gonna be three lions a yeah. great choice and the game that's going to be lasting forever is that 1996 semi-final against yeah. germany but only it seems like until we finally
0: win i'm not game. sure if that's how
3: infinite time works <laughs> no, <yeah.
0: laughs> i'll have to bend the rules a bit
3: <laughs> thank you so much for joining us it for cool. Football Gods. it's been good. an absolute pleasure
0: i enjoyed that that was different <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm
3: Pete Mason.
4: I'm Tim Spears, and you've been listening to Football Gods. See you next time.
2: The Football Gods is a voice work sport production for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Sports Social Podcast Network